don't know what to do. What do you mean? Like, what do we say? I don't know. Introduce yourself. You introduce yourself. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. Hello. <laughs> Welcome to our podcast, True Crimes and Storytimes. I'm Kirsten. I don't know how to do the intro, but I'm Michelle. That's why I'm everybody's favorite co-host. So true. I'm just kidding. Um, I'm just a know-it-all. That she plays is. devil She's advocate. a fucking smartass. <laughs> it's the Capricorn in me. Oh my god. <laughs> anyway, so today we're bringing you a episode about... Well, I'm bringing you an episode about some haunted places in America. We're gonna, um, if you didn't listen to the last storytime episode I did, I did the, like, ancient ghost stories, like the first ghost stories that have been found, little dancey dance. (laughs) Um, so now I'm gonna continue that, and we're gonna talk about some of the most haunted places in America. Because that's where we live. In this episode, we're going to go from 10 to 6. So we're going backwards. Oh. Yes. Oh, that's why you were counting. When you were counting Mm -hmm. earlier, you were like 7. And I'm like, I thought you said you were going over the first 5. Well, it is the first 5, but we're going backwards from 10. I get it now. Okay. So we're going to go, we're going to talk about 10 through 6 in this episode. 10 through 6? 10 through 6. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6. And then in part two is going to be uh, five, four, three, two, one. I'm literally. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but part two, Yo. part two is not coming out next week. Next week um, is Valentine's Day. So I'm going to do a Valentine's Day episode. And then the week after I will post part two of me talking about five, four, three, two, and one <laughs> of the most haunted places in not America. Not one, two, three, four, five, six. No. Like my brain was trying to tell me just now. Oh my goodness. So Dude. we're starting at 10. Number 10 on our list, the 10th most haunted place in America is the Marshall House in Savannah, Georgia. Wait. Oh my gosh. Here Hold we go. on. Weird correlation because in my story, the guy's name is Marshall. Oh my gosh. We <laughs> always do that. We always do that. Dude. Me and Michelle are, are on like some psychic waves all the time. Dude, the guy's so name weird. in my episode is Marshall. That's so crazy. Okay. Okay, so the Marshall House in Savannah, Georgia. One thing that makes the Marshall House so unique is that unlike other historical hotels in Savannah, the Marshall House was not originally a house, but built but was built with the specific purpose of being a hotel. Interesting. Mary Marshall built the hotel in 1851 on land that she'd inherited from her father, Gabriel Lever, who was a French cabinet maker. The Marshall House is widely considered by architectural historians to be the finest structure Mary Marshall ever built. Mary Marshall. Mary Marshall. During the Civil War... So, <laughs> that's that? a hard word to say. Civil War? <laughs> During the Civil War, the Marshall House was occupied by the Union and used as a hospital until the end of the war. It was also used twice more as a hospital during the yellow fever epidemics of the 19th century, and many believe ghosts still roam the 165-year-old structure. Yeah, probably. 
If it was used as a hospital. Yeah. You ever wonder why you get creep vibes when you go into the hospital? Because a lot of people die there. Yeah. When the hotel was restored in the late 1990s, workers were replacing some damaged floorboards downstairs when they found human remains. Which is not uncommon because it's a hospital. Yeah. The area became a crime scene, but soon it was learned that the downstairs had once been the hospital's surgery room, leading historians to believe that the bones which were discovered came from the amputated limbs of Civil War soldiers. So was there like... Just like a random bone. Okay, like a random arm bone and a yeah, random oh, leg okay. and yeah, whatever. Like a toe bone. <laughs> yeah, that'd be weird. Yeah, I don't know like why. I'm just bones, imagining like the tiniest little and... toe bone. Oh my god, <laughs> that's what I'm thinking. About. <laughs> the tiniest. Okay. Anyway, um, the Marshall House is well aware of their reputation for paranormal activity. Are they? They are. <laughs> That's what it says. I know. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Eerie, ghostly occurrences include faucets that turn on and off, lights that ex- inexplicably flicker. Whoa, wait. My kitchen light is flickering right now. Is it? I didn't yeah. notice. No, I had the one turned on that's not oh, flickering. Okay. The other one has been flickering for like three days, bro. Maybe it's a Civil War ghost. I hope not. <laughs> um, electronic items powering themselves... Toilets suddenly overflowing for no apparent reason, and disem- disembodied voices that echo throughout the halls. Hello. Love hello. That. Hello, hello. Hello. You're an idiot. <laughs> I'm an idiot. <laughs> um, on the fourth floor in the hallway, loud noises are known to take place during the early morning hours, like the thundering of a heavy object crashing to the ground. I just wanted to say, if you know, you know what we were saying earlier. I'm oh, not yeah. actually calling Kirsten You're an idiot. idiot. Yeah, that was funny. Yeah, it's from the Grinch. Yes. Okay. I said if you know, you know. Well, now they know. Um, uh, where was I? You keep interrupting me. <laughs> I'm just kidding. We're about to fight right now. <laughs> Pause for technical difficulties. <laughs> Kirsten's that's, mic is strangling her right now. That's me, um, being Michelle's ass. <gasps> anyway, um, also... Doorknobs to the rooms tend to wiggle as if someone's attempting to enter the room. One guest recalled, quote, A room to be wary of, 306. The loud hall noises in the middle of the night happen on the fourth floor where we just happened to be staying. I've lived in many haunted houses, but Marshall House creeped me out completely. I loved it there, but I could not rest. Yes, it is old and noisy, but there's way more going on there than meets the eye. I know others have experienced things, too. There's also a ghostly cat, but I've never seen it myself. There happened to be another hotel guest who said she did. But what else can you really expect from a city built on top of dead bodies? End quote. Interesting. A a ghost cat. Love that. A portrait of Mary Marshall painted in 1830 by artist Peter Lawrence proudly hangs behind the front desk in the hotel's lobby. Interesting choice of decor. Yeah. One day, a young girl who was staying at the hotel with her father pointed to the picture of Mary Marshall and told her father that she had seen the lady in the hallway. While we don't know exactly what the father said, you can imagine his surprise when his young daughter told him she'd seen the ghost of a woman who has been dead for decades. Perhaps they didn't stay at the Marshall house for too much longer. I probably Probably would. What? Stay? Yeah. Really? Of course. You say that like it's a normal thing. Of course. 
I mean, like... Why wouldn't I stay at a hotel? What? I mean, it'd be kind of cool. Wait a second. What did I just say? (laughs) (laughs) I said... Hotel Hotel. (laughs) Hotel Hotel. I said Hotel Hotel. All right. We are talking about Hotel Hotels, people. (laughs) Anyway. Um, yeah. Um, I don't actually know if I would stay there. I feel like if I actually went there, though, and shit started happening... Shit hit the fan. Also, because I'm very... I feel like I'm very sensitive to, like, things like that. Uh Uh-huh. I just feel like the moment a ghost tries to fucking tickle my feet under the covers... I'm out, out. that bitch. (laughs) I am out. Um, guests have also reported hearing the distinct sounds of an old-fashioned typewriter coming from the former room of author Joel Chandler Harris, who is best known for his collection of Uncle Remus stories. Never heard of him. That would overwhelm me. Yeah. Just, like, clickety-clack. Dude, that would honestly start pissing me off, and I would just be like... Dude, stop typing, please. Literally. It's four o'clock in the Can morning. Can you be quiet for five seconds? Thank Man. you. Others tell of a dapper gentleman reading a book by a window, a lady in white flowing through the hallways, and another ghostly woman who haunts the ladies' restroom, and on occasion she will lock the stall. Myrtle? Moaning Myrtle. Love that. <laughs> is that you? I love that. Yes, the Marshall House is known to be a noisy place due to its wood floors and high ceilings. But there are countless tales of the apparitions of small children and the sounds of crying babies Mm-mm. that have been regularly reported by guests at the famous hotel. Mm-mm. The spirits of these children are known to linger around the Marshall House as the laughter and playful noises of the children can be heard within the building at any given moment. Definitely fucking not. <laughs> Sometimes these ghostly children can be seen skipping, running, and playing games through the hallway, their apparitions as a physical form. What's that movie, um, The Shining, where the, with the little girls in the hallway? Right in the Honestly, house? I saw, like, the first 20 minutes and I fell asleep. Yeah, I've never seen it. Austin tried to show me the movie. He wants me to finish it every time I watch it. I know it's supposed to be, like, scary or, like, just unsettling, but really... I tried to read the book. It puts me to sleep. And I couldn't get into it. Really? Mm-hmm. Regardless, kids kind of freak me out as oh, apparitions sure. yeah. because of, you know, demons and kids are, all that. Yeah. During the night, sounds of marbles and rubber balls can be heard rolling and bouncing in the hallways. But if you were to take a peek out in the hall, most likely you would not see anything. Probably not. <laughs> a guest named Christopher recalls, quote, My fiancé and I stayed at the Marshall House for one night over the summer. At the time, we didn't know that its history and just saw that it was a cool hotel for a pretty inexpensive price point on Expedia. That night, while laying in bed and watching TV, we heard what we assumed were families out in the hall. It sounded a lot like children running around and people talking very loudly, which was odd for 12 a.m. However, when I looked, there wasn't anyone there. We heard the same sounds intermittently until we fell asleep. I couldn't call the experience, I wouldn't call the experience scary, just weird, end quote. There's an infamous story about a mother and son who stayed at the Marshall Hotel, Marshall House Hotel, sorry. The boy's mother was in the bedroom and her son in the bathroom playing and talking to himself. Her son then came out of the bathroom crying and she asked him what was wrong. He replied, the boy hit me. Confused, she asked, what boy? And then he said, the one who I was playing with in the bathroom. The boy's mother quickly went to look in the bathroom and didn't see the boy of whom her son spoke of, but when she looked at her son's arm, she found that there was a bite mark. You said hit me, not bit me. Bit me. (laughs) What? 
when you said the boy hit me. Oh, the boy bit me. Sorry. Yes. The boy bit me. And then there was a bite mark on his arm. Okay. Yeah, sorry. My bad. No. All good. Just for the listeners. Yeah. To clarify, the ghost boy bit him. There was a bite mark on his arm. Um, she later found out that this was not the first case of strange bites at the, Mar- the Marshall House. There have been other guests who have been inflicted with a child-sized bite mark. That was done with so much force that each time a bruise was left, and each time the bite mark was on a spot of the body that would have been impossible to reach unless said person was a contortionist. So it wasn't just like on the arm. Like yeah, you know, like something that they get inflict on themselves. Right. After the hotel renovations unearthed the bones from the Civil War soldiers, the remains were cleared, but the paranormal energy continues to exist. Guests have reported numerous accounts of the ghosts of amputee soldiers who walk vacantly and aimlessly throughout the hotel. One of these departed souls have been seen in the hotel's lobby with his missing arm in hand, pleading with guests to help them find a surgeon. You know what that reminds me of? What? It. Really? When he has Georgie's arm and he's like... Oh, yeah. Waving it around. Yeah. It reminds me of, like, in Harry Potter... Nearly headless, headless snake, the ghost. Yeah. How he, like, takes his head mm-hmm. off, almost. Yeah, that's what it reminds me of. I don't know why. You're just a Harry Potter fanatic. Yeah, that's, like, the third time we've mentioned Harry Potter. In this yes, episode. it is. Some guests have even made complaints of an awful odor, what seemed to smell like rotting flesh. Yikes, that's, that's a sign of a demon. Yeah. One source gave this account, quote, when... When they were first renovating the hotel and opening it in 1999, three rooms had foul smells and bad vibes so overpowering the staff and workers could not stay in, in them long enough to get anything done. Rooms 214, 314, and 414. Weird. 414 being the worst, and I think it's very active today. They tried every deodorizer they could get a hold of, and nothing worked. Finally, they had prayer and blessing in those rooms, and the smell and vibes relented only with 414 still having a persisting odor and vibes. Staff is said to play gospel music in that room when they are cleaning it because that is the only thing that keeps the vibes and odor at bay. Wait, hold up. When they're cleaning it, so they still let people in there? Mm Mm-hmm. I would not be staying in no room that smells like nasty ass. Well, I think even if nobody stays in it for a while, they have to, like, go in periodically and, like, clean it so it doesn't get, like, I don't know. I don't know. I've never worked in a hotel. Me either, but I'm just saying. Yeah. I would not be staying in no room that smells like rotten flesh. No. (laughs) I think the fuck that. Yeah. (laughs) At the site of the old operating room, guests have seen doctors treating soldiers who have been recently brought in from the battlefield. Some have made claims that they have felt a presence holding onto their wrist, as a nurse would do to feel for somebody's pulse. Another guest described seeing a shadowy man dressed like a Civil War soldier. With him with him was a small boy who shouted at her, get out of my room. Oh, dang. Yeah, no. So, very haunted place, it seems like. Yeah. I don't know if I want to visit that place. I mean, it'd be cool to go inside it would be cool, yeah. and just see it. Mm-hmm. But yeah so number nine on our list is the bell witch cave in adams tennessee the story begins in 1817 when a farmer named john bell weird correlation um with what exactly um the book i'm reading (gasps) a good girl's guide to murder 
Took me a second. Oh, Don't give any spoilers I'm not to giving the people. Any, I'm not giving any spoilers, but one of the characters' last name is Bill. Mm-hmm. That's weird. I didn't even realize that when I was, like, doing my research. Crazy. Um, John Bell moved from North Carolina to a 230-acre farm in Robertson County, Tennessee, a rural area not far from the Kentucky border. Rural? Yeah. That's a throwback. Throwback. I was going to say, I suggested A Good Girl's Guide to Murder to Kirsten. Oh, yeah. And if you want a good series to read, go read it. It's Anyways. good. It's good. If you like true crime, you'll like it. Mm-hmm. For sure. Legend has it that soon after arriving, Bell and his family began hearing strange noises, rattling chains, choking sounds, and heavy knocking on the walls. Choking sounds? You know. <laughs> yes, I know what a choking okay. sound is, but like, <laughs> I don't as know. a ghost, that's the sound you decide to make? Yeah, I guess. Maybe it's, maybe somebody was choking him. I don't know. I don't know. But I guess that's a good point, but like, I just <laughs> that's not what I expected. Yeah. Eventually, the family heard voices, or rather a single voice, belonging to the witch for which the story is named. Frightened, Bell told members of the local community, and people from all around the area had soon heard about the ghostly occurrences. Some neighbors stayed overnight at Bell's cabin so they could experience it for themselves. Some narratives claim that the ghost was a male slave whom Bell had killed in the past, while others say it was someone he had cheated in North Carolina who had come back from beyond the grave for revenge. The most popular theory is that the witch was a neighbor called Kate Batts, who had a strong dislike for Bell and his daughter, Betsy. The story really entered Southern folklore when Bell died under suspicious circumstances. People said that he had been poisoned by the witch who had been haunting the farm. The property that John Bell once owned has been turned into a tourist attraction. There is a cave on the property that is said to be especially haunted. So you can go visit That's cool. it if you want. I would love to do that. It. Yeah. Okay, number eight is, I think this is a pretty popular one. Waverly, Waverly Hills Sanatorium in Louisville, Kentucky. I just keep thinking of... Wizards of Waverly, Waverly Place. Place. Dude, that yeah. was my fucking show on Love Disney it. Channel. Loved it. Alright, let's go. Um, My my husband has actually been here. <gasps> and his family have been to Waverly Hills. And... I forgot you told me that before the show. Yeah. Um, he... I want to go. He said it's really fucking creepy. I'd love to go. I would love it. You can go on, like, tours at night and stuff. <gasps> tours mm-hmm. at night? Yeah, where it's, like, pitch black. Uh, Kirsten oh. would literally die. Would this shit bitch, my pants. <laughs> this bitch would not go through nothing in the dark. Okay. No. I wouldn't. Kirsten is absolutely terrified of the dark. The dark is, like, my number one fear. Especially in the dark in a haunted place in the middle of nowhere at night. Absolutely. You can't I kind up. of got over my fear of the dark for the I most can't. part. Nope, I can't. There's nothing. But outside in the dark? It's kind of Fuck different that. than in the house and the dark. I don't like either of it. I don't like either of it. Outside worse. When we went camping, mm-hmm. could, it freaked me out. I did not like being out there. Bruh. I, yeah, she said, I want to go again this summer. <laughs> I do. I'll just sleep with the light on. You're fine. I hate it. Dude, we're Dude, surrounded we by almost, other people in tents. We almost got ate by raccoons. Yeah, one was like... On my tent, remember? I know. One came inside I my saw tent his porch. Little paw. One came inside my tent porch and ate my baby's <laughs> food. Okay? I forgot about that. 
<laughs> and one tried to attack us. We were literally sitting there in the chairs, and I'm like, Michelle, there's a fucking raccoon. No, you go. You go. Hold on. Turn your flashlight on and flick it. And I fucking said, oh, oh God. <laughs> and I just got up, and Austin's like, oh, my God, calm down. It's just a raccoon. It's that raccoon that was trying to get revenge on us from, from earlier. That, from when we were down at the water. Yeah. Yes. Okay, we're on a Anyway, tangent. raccoons are scary. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> little trash pandas. They're cute. <laughs> when we would take the trash down. <laughs> yeah. Hear them in the trash can. Yeah. I never went to take the trash yeah, down. Yeah, Austin and I took the trash down Looked twice. It. No, once. No, twice. And him and Logan took it down yeah. once. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was funny. Anyway, Waverly Hill Sanatorium. Yes. During the 1800s and early 1900s, America was ravaged by a deadly disease known by many as the White Death or tuberculosis. I did not know it as the White Death. Me either. So, I don't, mm, I did who's not many? <laughs> not us. Um, tuberculosis. This terrifying and very contagious plague, for which no cure existed, claimed entire families and sometimes entire towns. In 1900, Louisville, Kentucky had the highest tuberculosis death rate in America. Built on low swampland, the area was the perfect breeding ground for disease, and in 1910, a hospital was constructed on a windswept hill in southern Jefferson County, that had been designed to combat the horrific disease. The disease continued to run rampant through the re- through the region, and eventually, with donations of money and land, a new hospital was started in 1924. The new structure known as Waverly Hills opened two years later in 1926. It was considered the most advanced tuberculosis sanatorium in the country, but even then, most of the patients succumbed to the disease. There was no medicine available at the time to treat the disease, and so many patients were offered rest, fresh air, and lots of nutritious food. Sadly, the main use for the hospital was to isolate those who had come down with the disease and to keep them away from those who had not. Yeah, have you heard about those tuberculosis hospitals that, like, there's, like, a bunch of windows and stuff so they can have the windows open and shit. Yeah, because, um, like, sunlight was su- supposed to be, like, one of the cures. Yeah, and fresh air. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So they would literally, crazy. I think it's in my notes, but they would literally just, like, put them out on the balcony and, like, yeah. let them sit in the sun in their hospital bed. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. While the patients who survived both the disease and the treatments left Waverly Hills through the front door, many others left through what came to be known as the body chute. That is not a term I've ever wanted to hear. Yeah. This enclosed tunnel for the dead led from the hospital to the railroad tracks at the bottom of the hill. Using a motorized rail and cable system, the bodies were lowered in secret to the waiting trains. This was done so that the patients would not see how many were leaving the hospital as corpses. Oh, okay. To, like, discourage them. Mm-hmm. There are many inaccurate reports as to how many people died during Waverly Hills' decades of operation. Some claim that tens of thousands died within the walls of the hospital, but this number is greatly exaggerated. It's been estimated that approximately 6,000 people died there, dating all the way back to the original hospital records from 1911. 6,000 people, people is still a lot. Yeah. In 1961, Waverly Hills was closed down but was reopened a year later as Woodhaven Geriatric Sanitarium. Yeah. There have been many rumors and stories told about patient mistreatment and unusual experiments during the years that the building was used as an old age home. Just like any other one at that time. Right. 
budget cuts in the six, 1960s and 1970s huh? 1970s <laughs> led to both horrible conditions and patient mistreatments, and in 1982, the state closed the facility for good. The buildings and land were auctioned off and changed hands many times over the course of the next two decades. In March 1996, Waverly Hills and the surrounding land was bought by Robert Albuquerque, who ran Christ the Redeemer Foundation Incorporation. He had plans to construct the world's tallest statue of Jesus on the Waverly site, along with an art and worship center. Donations to the project fell far short of what was expected. During the first year, only $3,000 was raised towards the effort, and the project was canceled in December of 1997. So he A never year built... before I was born. Man, same. <laughs> he never built the tallest statue of Jesus. Um, by 2001, the once stately building had been nearly destroyed by time, the elements, and the vandals who came here looking for a thrill. Waverly Hills had become the local haunted house, and it became a magnet for the homeless looking for shelter and teenagers who broke in looking for ghosts. The hospital soon gained a reputation for being haunted, and stories began to circulate of resident ghosts like the little girl, who was seen running up and down the third floor solarium, which is like where they had the um, like glass mm-hmm. top so that they could get sunlight. The little boy who was spotted with a leather ball, the hearse that appeared in the back of the building dropping off coffins, the woman with the bleeding wrists who cried for help, and then there's more than that, but that was just to name a few. Hmm. Visitors told of slamming doors, lights in the windows as if power was still running through the building, strange sounds and eerie footsteps in empty rooms. Other legends told of a man in a white coat who was seen walking in the kitchen and the smell of cooking food that sometimes wafted through the room. The kitchen was a disaster, a ruin of broken windows, fallen plaster, broken tables and chairs and puddles of water and debris that resulted from a leaking roof. A number of people had reported footsteps in the cafeteria, a door swinging shut under its own power, and the smell of fresh-baked bread in the air. It beats the smell of rotting flesh. Yeah, for sure. Perhaps the greatest and most controversial legend of Waverly Hills was connected to the fifth floor of the building. This floor of the old hospital consisted of two nurses' stations, a pantry, a linen room, medicine room, and two medium-sized rooms on both sides of the two nurses' stations. One of these, room 502, is the subject of many rumors and legends, and just about every curiosity seeker that had broken into Waverly Hills over the years wanted to see it. This is where, according to the stories, people have seen shapes moving in the windows, have heard disembodied voices, and, if the legends are to be believed, have even jumped to their deaths. Has Ghost Adventures covered this? I'm not sure. I feel like I watched it. You know who did? Hmm. Sam and Colby. Kirsten's favorite. There I are... love how, listen, I love how I try to get you to watch Ghost Adventures and you're like, no, I just feel like some of that's fake. And then you watch Sam and Colby and you're like, oh my god. Watch a Sam and Colby video and you'll see why. I promise. I have seen clips it's from the Sam It's fucking crazy. Yeah. Hmm. Fucking crazy. Yeah. That happens when I watch Ghost Adventures too, you know. Yeah, I don't get that from Ghost Adventures. Only because 
you don't have a crush on Zach Bagans. That's probably true. Yeah. But you know what? If there's a boy around, Kirsten's paying attention to it. I promise that. Not necessarily. Girl, don't be lying to the listeners. Not necessarily. Okay, maybe a little bit. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Moving on. Moving on. There are a lot of legends about what went on in this part of the hospital, but perhaps the biggest misconception was that this was a floor used to house mentally ill tuberculosis patients. Whoa, hold up. So they didn't just house ter- tu- tuberculosis patients? Mm-hmm. They housed mentally ill tuberculosis patients? I mean, if they were, tu- if they had tuberculosis, mm-hmm. this was just for the people who are also mentally ill. Okay. That also had TB. Okay. Because they still had to be. I mean, they still right, had right, to, right, 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 you know, right. be secluded. Okay. I don't the, know why I'm just now realizing this. Yeah. But, okay. The patients were not insane, nor were they confined to their rooms. So, they weren't, like, mistreated or anything. Okay. As far as records As show. far as we know. Yeah. They were free to move about, just like patients on all of the other floors of the hospital. This floor, thanks to its design, allowed patients to still benefit from the fresh air and sunshine that was believed to cure or at least extend the life of those with the disease. According to the stories, a nurse was found dead in room 502 in 1928. She had committed suicide by hanging herself from the light fixture. She was 29 years old at the time of her death, unmarried and pregnant. Her depression over the situation led her to take her own life. It, it It's unknown how long she may have been hanging in this room before her body was discovered. R.I.P. Yeah. Number seven. Western, West, West, <laughs> Western, West Virginia State Penitentiary in Moundsville, West Virginia. Hmm. In the summer of 1866, a wooden prison was built surrounded. What? Wooden. Wooden. Wooden prison. A wooden prison. So it can just catch on fire. Wooden prison. Mm-hmm. It's exactly it what it sounds 1866. like. It is 1866. A wooden prison. Yep. Just, I'm just thinking of a log house. Like a log cabin. Yeah. I mean, it's But really big. Mm-hmm. But like, how did they keep them in their cells? It's 1866. I was not alive. Are, are the gates wooden too? I or is it just a wooden you. door? But then they could just kick it in. I'm imagining a okay. barn. You're imagining a what? A barn. A barn. But they could just kick it. I, I mean, there was like officers around and stuff. That don't mean anything. They're prisoners. This was temporary. Okay. If they want to get out, they want to get out. Okay. Moving on. This is temporary. Okay. Regardless, wooden prison. Was built. Terrible idea. Yeah. Surrounded by a wooden stockade that housed prisoners. Yep, I was listening. <laughs> okay, a wooden prison. A wooden prison. Moving in on. In the meantime, officials worked with architects on a design of a new prison. One that would not be wooden. Okay. The building would be constructed constructed of stone. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good thing. <laughs> constructed of stone. Complete with turrets, battlements, and lancet windows, giving it the appearance of a fortress. Okay, does it make sense now? Dude, a wooden prison? Tell me that fucking makes sense to you. It was temporary. I know, they had but to tell put the me it makes somewhere sense so they could make a, make a real prison. Rank a real prison. Okay. Alright, let's go. Constructed with the help of inmate labor, the first structure was built... The first structure built was the North Wagon Gate. 
made with hand-cut sandstone quarried from a local site. The north and south cell block areas both measure 300 by 52 feet. Okay. Mm. The second floor served as a hospital. The facility officially opened in 1876, at which time it housed 251 inmates, some of whom had helped to build the prison. During this time, prison conditions were good, with the warden's report stating, quote, both the quantity and the quality of all the purchases of material, food, and clothing have been very gradually but steadily improved, while the discipline has become more near, more nearly perfect and the exaction, exaction of mm-hmm. labor less stringent. Wow. End quote. It's better than what we have today, I guess. Yeah. Sounds better anyways. The prison had its own band for recreation, which played in a bandstand, a bandstand located mm-hmm. in the North Re- Recreation Yard. Recreation Yard. I can't talk. Oh my gosh. Many inmates played on a baseball team that competed against local teams in Mountsville and the Ohio Valley area. Church services were held in a large room on the second floor of one building. In 1929, the size of the prison was doubled as overcrowding had become a problem. That always seems to be a problem yeah. these days. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I'm not going to go into that. <laughs> Three men were assigned to a 5 by 7 foot cell before this time, with two prisoners sleeping on the bunks and the third sleeping on a mattress on the floor. Inmate labor was again used to build a new wing connected to the south side of the prison and was completed in 1939. During these years, conditions worsened until the facility was ranked by the U.S. Department of Justice as one of the top ten most violent correctional facilities in the country. Holy shit. Conditions began to deteriorate even more in the 1950s when overcrowding once again became a major problem. Hmm. Really? Yeah. Like it is today? Uh Uh-huh. Interesting. That's going to be, in all of these um, penitentiaries that I talk about, it's a common thing. It's a common thing even today. Yeah, I'm just saying. That's like... Because... Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to go into it. Let's, let's keep rolling. On November 7th, 1979, there was a large prison break when 15 inmates escaped. That's a really big prison break. <laughs> yeah. During the escape, inmate Ronald T. Williams stole a prison guard's service weapon, and then he encountered 23-year-old off-duty West Virginia State Trooper Philip S. Kesner. He shot and killed him. During the prison break, the communication between the state and local police was said to have been poor, with local authorities hearing about the escape over the police scanner, which very well could have led to an earlier capture of the fugitives. By 1986, The prison was undergoing several problems, including loose security, plumbing issues, insect infestations, and once again, you guessed it, overcrowding with a population of more than 2,000 men. Holy shit. During this time, security was so loose that some described the facility as a cons prison, where most of the locks on the cells had been picked and inmates roamed the halls freely. So they ruled it. Yeah. On January 1st, 1986, when the prison was short-staffed due to the holidays, inmates in the prison rioted. At about 5.30 p.m., 20 prisoners who belonged to a group called Avengers stormed the mess hall and attacked Captain Glassock. Glassock? Yep. Five other officers and a food service worker. All of them were slammed to the floor and handcuffed with the guard's handcuffs. More hostages were taken throughout the two-day upheaval. During the riot, three inmates were killed. 
Negotiations with Governor Arch A. Moore Jr. resulted in a new list of rules and standards on which the prison would operate. None of the hostages were seriously injured. During its 119-year tenure, approximately 998 men died in the prison. Of these, 36 were homicides. Damn. From 1899 to 1959, 94 men were executed at the prison, with 85 men executed by hanging. That just blows my mind. What? We used to execute people by hanging them. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, but, oh but the, the next line? Mm-hmm. In 1949, the state leg- legislature decided electrocution was more humane. I mean, yeah. You think so? Then hanging? Hanging is like... It basically just melts your brain and then you're dead. Yeah, but like... Hanging? You have to feel that. Yeah, but you have to... Literally, when you're hanging, you're standing on top of a floor and it just goes out from underneath you. And then you're sitting there struggling, dying. Uh, yeah, I guess Unless it right. breaks your neck immediately and you die from yeah. that. But it probably breaks your neck anyways. So you have the pain of your neck being broken. And you're conscious the whole time. I don't if think... you get electrocuted, it's just like... And then your brain and your organs melt and then you're done. I think yeah, I would I rather right. be electrocuted. I don't know. I don't know. Electrocution probably feels like fire all over your body, too. That's, that's what I'm saying. Neither is good. I don't think either Not is really. humane. No, I think... <laughs> <laughs> Tell us what you think. Which yeah. is more humane? Would hanging? you rather die by hanging or electrocution? We need to make a poll. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'll put one on Instagram when this... Um, For sure. When this episode goes live. So Instagram if you're listening, go Twitter. to Instagram and and vote yeah okay nine men were killed in the electric chair before the state prohibited capital punishment in 1965 at that time executions took place in a building called the death house where there were four holding cells on the first floor this building yeah this building no longer stands today after the prison closed the moundsville economic development council leased the complex for 25 years i would not want to step anywhere near that oh thank you Today, it serves a dual purpose as a training facility and a tourist attraction. During its 119-year life as a penitentiary, the facility held some of the most violent killers, rapists, and other criminals, many of whom never left the institution alive. Probably a good thing. Yeah. Another reason this old building may be haunted is because it is said that it was built on ancient Native American burial ground. Oh. Everything is. Yeah, Everything because is. we stole the Native Americans' land. Yeah, so of it's course literally we everywhere. Literally tore everything down that they ever had and built our own shit yeah. on top of it. So yeah. Well, not everything is a burial ground, I guess, but But I mean everything was Native American land. Yeah, it's yeah. not uncommon. Yeah. We have Native American burial ground. Yeah, not too far. Yep. Um this would not be hard to believe, as the old prison was built directly across from the Grave Creek Mound, one of the largest conical-type burial mounds in the United States. Hauntings have been reported as early as the 1930s. During this time, an inmate was often spied walking along a maintenance area where prisoners were not allowed. In some cases, the guards set off alarms, but there was no one there and no inmates unaccounted for when they investigated. The old recreation room in the basement, called the Sugar Shack by prisoners, was once infamous for illegal gambling, drug deals, rape, fighting, and murder. Today, visitors report hearing unseen people arguing, talking, and whispering here. Others have heard unexplained noises and felt cold spots within the room. 
In addition to the recreation room, the whole basement area is said to be haunted by a maintenance man who once worked here. He was said to have often spied on the prisoners and was quick to report any news or infractions to the guards. In retaliation, he was stabbed several times with shives. Shivs. Shivs. Shives. Oh, sweet knives. It's shivs. not shives. <laughs> yeah, that's true. With shot shivs. See, I almost <laughs> did it again. When he was in the bathroom. I had a feeling that was going to happen. Yeah. After his death, this ghost was said to wander around the basement area, and some people have reported equipment malfunctions. The North Wagon Gate, the prison's oldest structure, is said to be home to one of the prison's most active ghosts. This area once held the execution gallows where a man named Orville Adkins was hanged in 1938. Here, visitors say the area exudes an evil feeling, and they feel as if they're being watched. Mysterious sounds and voices have been captured in EVPs, and ghosts of the condemned are sometimes seen. The gate is haunted by Orville Adkins, who was condemned for kidnapping a minister who was later found dead. However, his execution was botched. Yikes. As the noose was being placed around his neck... A nervous assistant pulled the trapdoor handle too quickly, and Orville fell 20 feet to the stone walkway. Though he was stunned and hurt, he was still alive. He was then pulled back up to the scaffold and hanged correctly. So he fell through one time and then had to be hanged the right way. His footsteps are said to be heard slowly pacing back and forth. The North Hall was where the prison's worst offenders were placed. Not for the crimes they committed outside, but for their violent behavior on the inside. Though they were locked down in their cells for 23 hours a day, two murders occurred here. One was a biker named Danny, who was stabbed in the eye by another inmate and died of his hemorrhages. The other was William Red Snyder, who was convicted of murdering his parents and dismembering their corpses. Damn, son. Red was disliked by many inmates and involved in several fights. In the end, he was attacked in front of his cell and fatally stabbed 37 times. The hall has been the site of many strange events, including photographic anomalies, equipment malfunctions, the sound of cell doors banging when no one is there. In the solitary confinement area, people have often reported feeling cold spots and as if they have been touched on their backs. Other hot spots include Death Row, the Psych Ward, Chapel, Shower Cages, Dining Room, and Boiler Room. There is one particular entity that is called the Shadow Man because he lurks in dark places and has no visible features. He has been described as appearing like a dark shadow that is very intimidating. Throughout the prison, visitors and staff report seeing fleeting glimpses of apparitions, smelling unpleasant odors, strange noises and echoes, feelings of being watched, and a disembodied voice that says, help, I'm trapped. Oh, God. Yeah. I really want to go here. The next one coming up? No, the one oh. that we just talked about. Yeah, that would be interesting. I don't know. I just, I just really Which one did there. you say that Lil Wayne recorded his music video? That is in part two. Oh, okay. Never mind. Back in it That's up. in part two, but if you want to know if you know anything about that um it will be in part two so look out for that one so the next one we're going to talk about is the last one for this episode and it is the winchester mystery house in san jose california anything to do with 
Sam and no, Dean Winchester. Not. No, I knew you were going to say something. No, it's not. Kirsten doesn't like Supernatural. She I fucking don't hates not, on it. I don't not like it. I just have not watched it. There's like yeah, 20 something Yeah, because I literally tell her to watch it. And she's like, well, it's so long, bro. I don't have the time to commit. Bro, you literally watched 20- nine seasons of The Vampire Diaries. I don't. Okay. You still haven't watched the rest of the show I told you to watch. Okay. I like to read. I like to read, too. Anyway, um, this is probably my favorite one that I'm going to talk about. Let's get it. It's interesting. I've said that, like, how many times in this freaking yeah. episode? Sam and Colby did a, 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 a YouTube video yeah. on this one. But and this, I bet you watched And it, it was so crazy. You need to watch it. It was crazy. All right, crazy. let's go. Let's okay. Go. So, born around 1840, Sarah Winchester grew up in a world of privilege. She spoke four languages, attended the best schools around, married well, and eventually gave birth to a daughter, Annie. However, tragedy struck in her late 20s when Annie died, followed by the death of Sarah's husband, William, more than a decade later. After William's death in 1881, Sarah inherited roughly $20 million, which is equivalent to $5 million dollars in 2019 you mean 500 million 500 million dollars in 2019 (laughs) she made less money now yeah man (laughs) as well as 50 percent of the winchester arms company which left her with a continued income equal to one thousand dollars a day or twenty six thousand dollars a day in 2019 that's crazy newly in possession of a massive fortune and struggling with the loss of her husband and daughter she sought the advice of a medium she hoped, perhaps, to get advice from the beyond as to how to spend her fortune or what to do with her life. Wait, I already know about this. Do you? Yeah, it took me a second, but she just... Never mind, I don't want to ruin it, so just keep it. Okay. Because I know what it's about. Oh, okay. Yeah. Though the exact specifics remain between Sarah Winchester and her medium, the story goes that the medium was able to channel the dearly departed William, who advised Sarah to leave her home in New Haven, Connecticut, and head west to California. As far as what to do with her money, William answered that too. She was to use the fortune to build a home for the spirits of those who had fallen victim to Winchester rifles, lest she be haunted by them for the rest of her life. In 1884, Sarah Winchester purchased what would later become known as the Winchester Mystery House. At the time of the sale, the house was a small, unfinished farmhouse, but that quickly changed. Due to the lack of a plan and the presence of an architect, the house was constructed haphazardly. Rooms were added onto exterior walls, resulting in windows overlooking other rooms. Multiple staircases would be added, all with different sized risers, giving each staircase a distorted look. Stranger so was the fact that many of the alterations seemed pointless. Staircases would ascend several levels and then end abruptly. Doors would open to solid walls, and hallways would turn a corner and end in a dead end. Additionally, Winchester insisted that the home be built exclusively out of red wood. However, she didn't like the look of the wood, so she insisted it be covered with a stain and faux grain. By the time the house was completed, over 20,000 gallons of paint had been used to cover the wood. That's fucking nuts. Yeah. It was huge. Mm -hmm. This house was huge. Yeah, I've seen, like, pictures, I think. And, like, the layout of it, Mm -hmm. like, if you look at an overview, it was just, like, crazy. It's, like, sporadic. 
By the turn of the century, Sarah Winchester and her ghost house, sorry, Sarah Winchester had her ghost house, an oddly laid out mansion with seven stories, 161 rooms, 47 fireplaces. I just want one fireplace. Man, 40, I'm sorry, 10,000 panes of glass, two basements, three elevators. That's insane. And a mysterious funhouse-like interior. The two basements, I don't even want one. If I'm being honest, basements freak me out. I, I, um, it's been a while since I watched the Sam and Colby episode, but there was, like, a specific, um, number, like, throughout the house that, like, that's why there was, like, a weird number of, like, 161 rooms, 47 hmm. fireplaces. Interesting. They all, like, added up to, like, a specific number. Gotcha. I just can't remember what it was. Anyone who set foot in the home could tell that no expense had been spared. Gold and silver chandeliers hung from the ceilings above, uh, hand-inlaid parquet flooring dozens of artful stained glass windows created by tiffany and co dotted the walls including some designed by louis comfort tiffany himself Hmm. one window in particular was intended to create a prismatic rainbow effect on the floor when light flowed through it of course the window ended up on an interior wall and thus the effect was never achieved you can buy window clean stuff for that and apply it to your I windows know. and I've i had been thinking some... about it mm-hmm. i've been thinking about especially it. for like your front door or something mm-hmm. like windows you don't want to look out of yeah super cool mm-hmm. throughout the years long construction of the winchester mystery house sarah winchester would never confirm that she was building a haunted house The contractors who worked on the house reported Winchester having daily seances with local mediums in an effort to reach good spirits. These good spirits were reportedly consulted to find out how to best appease the spirits whom she was allegedly building the house for. These spirits are reportedly what called Winchester to make so many illogical additions to the home. Far after the construction was completed, Winchester continued to make efforts to appease the victims of the Winchester rifles. Out of the 13 bathrooms in the home, only one was functional in an effort to confuse any ghost wishing to haunt a spigot. Furthermore, she would sleep in a different room every night in the Winchester house and use secret passageways to get from room to room so that no spirits would follow her. In the years Sarah Winchester lived in the house, the residents of San Jose whispered about its strange construction and even stranger inhabitants, but it was in the years after her death that the wild stories became even wilder. After her death in September of 1922, Sarah Winchester left all of her belongings to her niece, Marion, who had served as her personal secretary later in life. However, the Winchester Mystery House was never mentioned in her will, adding to the mystery of the home. Hmm. After appraisers deemed the house worthless due to its strange design, damage from the earthquakes, and long-winded construction, Marion took everything in it and auctioned it off. The current owners of the house claim it took six weeks to empty the house of all the furniture, Though the report is uncorroborated. I mean, I could see it because of all the different pathways and yeah, the fake like 161 stuff. Yeah, like rooms. I mean, imagine how many, that's 161 beds. I mean, mm-hmm. crazy. After the house was emptied, a local investor purchased the home for a cool $135,000. That's 
that is a freaking deal. Yeah. Um, just saying. Just five months after Sarah Winchester died, the Winchester Mystery House was open to the public for tours. Since her death, little has been uncovered about Sarah Winchester and the reasoning behind her obsession with the building, with building the Winchester Mystery House. She gave no interviews, left behind no journals, and had no family willing to speak about her. Occasionally, visitors to the Winchester Mansion will report feeling the spirits that have long resided in the home, though, of course, paranormal investigations have turned up nothing. But perhaps there are still some spirits haunting the abode. Maybe even Sarah Winchester herself. I think that's freaking cool. It is cool. I I really feel like, um, I thought I read somewhere that she thought something would happen to her if she didn't continue building on the house. Could have been. I'm not sure. But I don't know if that was, like, corroborated or anything. Yeah. Like, I don't know if I'm that sure. was actually confirmed. Yeah. But, anywho. So, that's all the ones I'm going to talk about today. It was um, a good one. It was like a good I one. said, next week, part two will not be out. Next week is going to be about St. Valentine. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the following week, I'm going to do part two on this. And we're going to talk about the five most haunted places in America. I'm geeked. So. That was a good episode. Um, I hope you liked it. I like talking about haunted things. It's a lot of history, like, as to, like, why these places are haunted, but I think mm-hmm. it's pretty cool. It is pretty cool. Um, if you're not already, go follow us on all of our socials. Link in the show notes. Um, give us a rating and a review. Let us know how we're doing. How follow you like us. us. Uh-huh. Um, Go check out our Patreon. Yeah. The link will also be in the show notes. It's also in the link tree. Our episodes release early on Sundays, so. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's everything for me and for today. Yeah, for me too. Um, Go check out my last episode of True Crime. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was released early on accident. Yep, I accidentally clicked upload instead of schedule. But it was about Russian, a few Russian serial killers where a video got leaked um, on the internet and traumatized millions of people yeah it was insane so So listen at your own risk but yeah and um um, check out kirsten's last story time episode mm -hmm. last week ancient ghost stories if you want to check that out i think that's it see you in the next one Bye. bye